Sorry if you couldn't hear me. I'm preaching today on them being instant. And to be instant, you have to live ready. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, we're going to read today. It says, I charge you, this is Paul talking to Timothy, his young protege, a young pastor of a church of about 50,000 people who was coming up underneath the Paul or who came up underneath the Paul. So it says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. If you read the King James, it says the quick and the dead. I saw a Western one time called Name the Quick and the Dead, and I didn't realize it was talking about the living and the dead, but, but there's a little history for you, or movie history anyway. Uh, who will judge the living and the dead he's, at his appearing and his kingdom. He's talking about Jesus Christ at the great white throne judgment is what he's talking about. Right? He, said, he goes on to say in verse 2, preach the word. Preach the word. That's all you can give them anyway is the word. Give them the word. No matter what you do, stick to the word. Have the word as your standard and preach the word. Continue to feed them the word and feed them the word and feed them the word. And you may have heard this scripture before, but eat it again. Because it's good for us to do it over and over and over again. Preach the word, he says. Be ready in season and out of season. This means whether it's good or whether it's bad. Whether it's fun or it's easy or whether it's rough and it's hard. And I don't really want, want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. He goes on to say, convince, rebuke, exhort. I want to give you the definition of those, of those words today. Convince means to convict or convince or tell a fault. Now think about that, convict or convince or tell a fault. We're talking about adults here. I'm supposed to give you conviction or convince you or tell you of your faults. I better be in the word. That's why he's telling him, preach the word. I better be giving, this, giving you this out of the word and not from my own mind or my own feelings or my own thoughts, right? I better be giving you this out of the word. That's why he's saying, preach the word. That's convince. The word rebuke means to tax with fault or forbid. So I'm going to tell you about your faults. He's telling Timothy to tell them about their thoughts. Forbid them to do these things. Tell them what the price is going to be for these things. You better be telling them out of the word, not your own understanding when this comes along, right? He also says, or, or exhort means to call one aside. So when, when you convince and you rebuke using the word, you're calling them alongside you using the word also. So we're, we're preaching to people. He says, use the word, preach the word with all long-suffering and teaching. So we do this with all patience. If it doesn't stick today, give it to them again tomorrow. And if it doesn't stick, you know, one of the things that, that I see as a pastor of a church, so many times I preach the word and I preach the word and I preach the word and I wonder if the people even hear me. But he says right here, do it with all long suffering. Just keep feeding it to them. Keep giving it to them. Don't change. Don't waver one bit. Just keep giving them that word. Keep giving them that word over and over again, right? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They're not going to hear this word all the time. They're not going to hear this in all that they do. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And you notice he said teachers there? He didn't say pastors. Jesus gave the church pastors to continue to feed them the word and feed them the word and feed them the word. Now these teachers are going to heap up or feed them, will teach them whatever it is they want to hear. They'll tickle the ears, he says, right? Because they have itching ears and they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth is the word. The word is the truth and be turned aside into fables or fairy tales. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists. And remember this part right here. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Don't worry about my ministry. Don't worry about the person next to you's ministry. Unless they're your spouse because you're one then. And that ministry belongs to you, too. I tell my wife all the time, she's just as much a pastor of this church as I am. She probably pastors more than I do a lot of times because I work outside of the home as well. And she takes care of, of a lot of things while I'm gone. So he says to be instant, in season and out of season, in season and out of season. If I'm going to be instant, in season and out of season, I better be prayed up. 
You see, sometimes we get phone calls in the middle of the night. And sometimes it's life or death. And I can't say, hold on just a second, can you hold a minute? Because I need to ask God to forgive me of, of, of some sins and get a bunch of junk out of my life before I go to get a hold of God. If you're going to be instant in season and out of season, you better be prayed up. If you're going to be instant in season and out of season and be able to preach the word and give people the word they need at the time they need them, you better be in your word. You better be prayed up and you better be in your word if you want to be, want to be instant. And I have a confession to make to you today. Um, it's no secret that I've struggled with this thing, with this, this whole looking into this camera thing and, and preaching outside in the parking lot, hearing your voice booming and and used to, I'm used to having a room full of people where I can interact with the people and I can look at this one and look at that one and I can kind of read the room and, I can, and, and it helps me to preach and it helps me to, it helps me to, to, to do those things, to get in, into my message. So um, I've struggled with all this, this whole thing, the pandemic and with, with canceling church. With, with, I'm one of those guys that don't like to cancel church for about anything. But to have the government tell me that I can't have church, I've struggled with that also. Even though I do understand that it's probably for a good reason that we're not, we're not spreading this virus and things. But just to have the government tell us that we can't have church, it almost makes something rise up in you that say, I'm going to do it anyway. But I understand it's for our own good. Um, preaching to the phone, right? And, and wondering who's watching and, and how many people are watching you. And, and all these things get in your mind and get in your head. But I was on the floor right here this morning on the platform, and my legs were actually there, and I was laid up here on the platform, and that's how God had me praying this morning. I follow the lead of the Spirit. I try to, and I sometimes it's set in a certain seat. Sometimes it's laying the floor here or there. Or this time it was here, but it was about 5.45 this morning. God woke me up at 3.30 this morning to get up and get ready, and I tried to roll over and go back to bed, and he said, no, no, no. Got to talk to you this morning. So I, I got up and got showered and came on over. My wife's having me grow this hair on my face now and hair on my head. And I got this little island in the front, and I think looks really silly. And she doesn't think it looks bad, but my wife is five foot tall, so she can't see it. She has no idea that it's up there. She just thinks I have hair around the sides, and I got a full head. She don't understand. However, I was here, at, I was down here this morning, about 5.45 this morning, God said, put all that stuff aside. All that stuff from the, from the, from the podcast, people listen to you on the podcast, people watching you on Facebook, forget about all those things. You're preaching for me. You're not preaching for those people. You work for me. You don't work for all those people. So I would remind you this morning of your ministry. He said, fulfill your ministry. Remember that right there? Fulfill your ministry. And you might say, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I don't have to do those things. He's not talking to me. He's talking to you. Hold on a minute. Let me give you a scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 says, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us us say i'm us i'm us right we're all us has reconciled us to himself through jesus christ so everyone who's been reconciled back to god through jesus everyone who's saved then everyone who's come through the blood of christ he's talking to you right now and and has given us the same us right the same ones who came through the blood he's given uh, given us the ministry of reconciliation so that tells me that if you came through the blood, you're in the ministry. So he's talking to each and every one of us when he says, fulfill your ministry. Preach the word. Give the word. Give. You're going to meet people that I never meet. And we're going to get to that here in a minute. That is, that verse 19 says, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So he used Christ to reconcile me and you back to him. Right? 
not imputing their trespasses to them as as committed to us the world or the word of reconciliation. So he gives us the word for reconciliation. And he's not he's not he, he forgives us of our sin. He casts us as far as the east as the west. And he doesn't want now think about this. If Jesus would have came to us and he just kept knocking us down and slamming us for the sin we committed, we would likely draw away from him. Now what happens if we're slamming the world and, and being judgmental of them and you get what I'm saying. You get the picture. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Right? When we came through the blood of Jesus, he put us in the ministry. He gave us his word for the ministry to preach the word, to give the people the things they need, to draw them to him. So we're now his ambassadors. Now we're in that role. We're his ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We're his ambassadors. We're his example. We're his leadership, if you will, while, he, while we're here on this earth. We're here. An ambassador does what, what Jesus would do if he were here. Now think about the things that he did when he was here. He was an ambassador. He called us the salt. He calls us the, the, the light. He calls us the city on a hill. He says, you don't light your candle up and then put it under a basket. You're a city on a hill. You're lit up for all to see. Church, we're supposed to be the example for the whole world. We're the ambassador for the whole world. We're in the ministry for the whole world, right? And the world needs us right now. They need us right now more than ever. More than ever they needed us, right? They need the church. They need the church. The church is me and you. It's not these four walls. It's not this brick and mortar, right? It's not these sticks and these nails. It's me and you. They need us like never before. We must be there for them. We must be there for them. If we're not ready, we could miss an opportunity. If we're not instant, we could miss an opportunity. Think about that. If we're not instant, we're not prayed up, and we're not in our word, and we're not ready all the time to minister to someone when they come along, God will open the doors for you if you ask him. If we're not ready, we could miss that opportunity, though. It's not just up to the pastors. We're all, I spit on my tablet. It's not just up to the pastors, though. We're all in the ministry of reconciliation, right? So because, that's because you'll meet people that I never meet. And I'll meet people that you never meet. It might be your family that I get to meet and I get to minister to. How many of you all know that your kids would probably listen to me before they listen to you? That's true. And, and maybe my sister or my brother, I don't have a brother, but maybe, maybe some of my family, my, my sister or my cousin or someone, might listen to you before they listen to me. They've been hearing me preach at them for years. But if you're living in front of them, maybe, maybe they'll hear it from, from, from one or the other of us, right? It could be your family next. It could be my family that's next. We all have lost loved ones. We all have people that need ministered to, loved ones I'm talking about. They might come to us for salvation. It might be salvation that they need. It might be biblical advice that they need. It might be prayer. It might be prayer for them. It might be, it might be to pray for them. It might be to pray with them. Be ready for this. In season, out of season. You can't say, I can't pray with so-and-so today because I'm just not comfortable with that. I just don't feel like I'm able to do those things. He says in season and out of season. Whether it's easy or whether it's not, you must be ready. We must be ready. We must be ready. I want to read you one verse in four different translations. I read this to my wife this week. I was going over my notes, and it convicted her, and she had to go do some, take care of some things that God had been leading her to do anyway. So it's James 4 and 17, and if you, if you go to Grace Family, 
you hear this scripture a lot because I, I tell you all the time, this is a clear definition for sin that the Bible gives. It says, therefore, to him that knoweth, is King James first, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If you know what you're supposed to be doing and you're not doing it, it's sin. Simple as that. In the New King James, it says it like this. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Right? The New Living Translation says it like this. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Church, we know where we're supposed to be living at. We know what we're supposed to be doing. God's saying it's sin if we don't do the things he calls us out to do. And then the last, lastly, the, the Passion Translation says, so if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you're guilty of sin. I thought that hit home right there, so I want to read it one more time. So if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you're guilty of sin. We all have opportunities all the time. We have opportunities all the time. This is why I read so many different Bible translations. Some people think that you should stick with just one or the other, but I consider King James the authority, but I'll still read some of the other ones because they really drive it home sometimes. Missed opportunities it talks about in the Passion. I'm not trying to beat you up if you've missed it because you've missed it because we've all missed it. I've missed it. I can't tell you how many times my wife's missed it. We all miss it from time to time. If someone tells you they've never missed it, they need to pray. Because I believe they're not telling you the truth. Maybe, maybe Jesus Christ himself, but, but us mere humans that, are, that aren't part God, we, we miss it sometimes. We all miss it sometimes. When you miss it, I'm not trying to beat you up. When you miss it, you just need to repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I missed it. Use that knowledge, though. You saw how it came that time. You saw how the Lord wanted to use you that time. Use that knowledge. And use that thing, when I missed it in the past, I've used that missing it and regretting missing it and being sorrowful for missing it and I had to repent to God. I've used that for fuel to not miss it again. Even though I did miss it again, I, I may, I've been quicker to, to respond in certain situations or to react in certain situations, right? So we have to repent. We have to use those things for knowledge, use them for fuel. We have to press into God because you got to be ready to be instant. If you're not ready, you, you, you can't be instant. So use that, use that time to press into God, press into his word, to be prayed up, right? To be living ready. You have to live ready. You have to be using the word. The word has to be the standard to your whole life to be ready. <clears throat> In Matthew 25, 32 through 46, I'm not going to read it all to you. I think when this phone comes on, when this camera comes on, it makes me feel like I need to cough. I've got to clear my throat or something because it's nerve-wracking, but... However, it helped me a lot to God to tell, when God told me, you work for me. You're preaching for me. You're not preaching for them anyway. So I don't have to care what you think out there. I got to care what God thinks. It's not that I don't care what you think. It's that if I'm worried about what people are thinking about me all the time, I might stumble and not be so uh, quick to be on what God wants me to be or how God wants me to, to, to do things. So I've got to keep my eyes focused on where they're at. It, it, I got a little messed up in the whole thing. So, however, Matthew 25, 32 through 46. Some of y'all can probably relate to that. 22, tw or 25, 32 through 46. Um, he's talking about the great white throne judgment. It starts off talking about the great white throne judgment. I don't have time to read it today, but go back and read it. It's a really good set of scripture. It's all good. But he's talking about the great white throne judgment. He says that Jesus is going to sit on, on the judgment seat, and he's going to separate the, the sheep from the goats. And he's going to put the goats 
I said that backwards. He's going to put the goats on his left hand. He's going to put the sheep on his right hand, right? Talking about people. And he's going to start speaking to him. it says. And he says, I was hungry. Some of y'all know this. this is a very familiar scripture. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was sick, and you came and visited me. I was in prison, and you came to see me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. And the, and the sheep said, Jesus, when did we see you and did this? And he said, whatever you did the least of these, you've done unto me. And then he went back, or, or, or both of them asked him, both groups, the sheep and the goats, both asked him, when did we do this, right? They both had a decision to make. They both had a decision to make. They could minister They could minister to people. When you see that people, when you have that opportunity, you can minister. You can step out into your ministry. You can preach the word. You can be instant. You can be ready to go, right? So they each had a decision to make. They had to either decide whether to minister to people and, and fulfill their ministry or not. So they had to decide whether if they're going to fulfill their ministry, they've got to be able to give and they've got to be able to help and they've got to pray, be able to pray for and, and, and pray with people and maybe mentor people, maybe just show God's love at certain times, right? Be an ambassador. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, remember, it calls us his ambassadors, all those things. So, so through being an ambassador, through doing these things that he calls us into doing, he said, I implore you to do, I believe, these things that he calls us into doing, we're reconciling the world through these things. Reconciling our loved ones, reconciling people we don't even know, right? Or they had they had to decide whether to do that or not to do that. And when you don't, when you decide not to do that, when when God opens the door for you to minister, fulfill your ministry, to step out in things and preach the word, show people love. When He opens the door for things like that, and you don't, you're saying, "I don't have time. I'm too shy. I'm not comfortable with that." Right? I don't have the ability to do that. Or maybe he calls us to give someone some money or something. Oh, they'll use it for the bad. They'll just go buy alcohol with it. They'll just buy drugs with it. Or, we're, or, or in all those things, we're kind of saying, I've got mine. I'm good. You're on your own. I don't have time to do that right now. We have a decision to make, though. When he sends someone to us, when he opens the door for that opportunity, we can either say, come on in. I'm going to minister to you. Or you're on your own. What will you tell Jesus? Remember, he says, whatever you've done, the least of these, you've done unto me. What will you tell Jesus, the least of these? A few years back, I don't remember how long ago. Do you remember, babe, the guy with the canoe? Six or seven years ago? Probably six or seven years ago. Brenda and I were on the Missouri River. We had this old ski boat, and every time we took it out, the thing broke down. I mean, every time. The last time I fixed it, I brought it back home and fixed it. I said, we're not taking it out again. It's for sale right here in the driveway. It's for sale. We're getting rid of it. So anyhow, we were out there on the, we were on the Missouri River in the ski boat, and it broke down, and it, it had a carburetor issue this time, I think, if I remember right. But um, I w had the top of the, you know, the kind that has the, the pad up on the back. I had that thing raised up, and I was back there working on it, taking the fuel filter out or something. I don't remember exactly. But we saw this man coming down the, the river in a canoe, and he, and he asked us where we were at and, or where he was at and if he could camp, how far he was to, to this park that we, that we put in at the boat ramp. And... Uh, he, he wanted to camp there. I was like, oh, you don't want to camp there. This isn't a, a great part of town or anything. So, however, it, it was in the city. So, uh, ended up, the, we got talking to the guy, and he had a map of the river, and he had these parks, and in, in, he had a book. All the maps were in a book. And in his book, it told him he could camp at this place. Well, it, it wasn't a great part of town, and you couldn't be there. You can't camp there. It, the book was wrong about that. Um, and come to find out, he was, we're in Missouri, near Kansas City, 
come to find out he had floated from, I, think, I believe it's Minnesota where the Missouri River started, and he was a, an engineer, and he was floating down the river, and he was, he was hoping to go to the end of the thing and, and even get in the Mississippi and go on down further and, and have someone pick him up, I believe, in Tennessee. Um, and then he was going to do the rest of it the following year. But however, me and my wife ended up bringing him home, and um, he stayed the night at our house because he had no place to go. And I'm still talking about the least of these. We didn't know he was an engineer. We picked him up. But he stayed in one of our kids' rooms, and our kids all slept in our room, and, and we slept with a gun in our room, and <laughs> we, we were a little paranoid about it. And, but, but the guy got up, and he was a really nice guy, and he, and he wrote a, a vlog on the Internet about it. We were in his vlog, and, and he got up the next day, and, and we, don't, we don't drink coffee. Katie does now, but none of us drink coffee then. And so we had, had some coffee or got some coffee or something because he drank coffee, got him coffee. He wanted creamer, and we ended up giving him ice cream to put in his coffee because we didn't have coffee creamer because we don't drink coffee. And I'm just talking about something we did for someone, right, just to show God's love to someone. We washed some of his clothes because he had no, no way to do his laundry. I took him by the Kmart store on the way back to the river the next day, hauled his canoe home, stayed the night, took him back to the river the next day, and stopped at Kmart, and he, he bought some stuff, and, and he went on his way. Just talking about showing God's love, talking about acts of kindness we can do to people, right? And in the world we live in today, my mom freaked out, by the way. In the world we live in today, I know that you can't welcome everyone into your home. That's not what I'm saying. That may or, not, may or may not have been a wise move. We felt all right about it, but but you can't do that all the time. But you can do what you're able to do. And when God calls you out to do something, when the Spirit quickens you to do something, he's going to be looking out for you anyway. You can do what you're able to do, though. You can ask God today. I would ask you to do this today, church. Ask God today, what am I able to do? What can I do for you, Lord? How would you like to, I work for you. How would you like to use me on this day? What am I able to do for you? He'll show you. He'll show you what he wants you to do. If you'll, if you, if you'll be willing to and open to asking him and then step out into that thing when he, when, when he tells you what it is, you've got to step out because you can ask all you want to and he can tell you all he wants to. But if you don't do something with it, it means nothing, right? He'll open up the doors also. If you'll ask him, Lord, open up the doors, show me what you want me to do, and then open the door for me. He'll give you the words even to say at the time when you step through the door. He will. He'll give it to you. But you got to be willing. you got to be willing, and you got to be ready. you got to be ready when the door opens. Because sometimes if you don't, if you don't respond right when God wants you to respond, you can miss your opportunity. You can turn someone off to the whole idea if you say it at the wrong time or if you're not ready when, when, when they come to you with a question. You get what I'm saying? Or they come to you with something? When God opens that door up, you've got to be ready. The Bible says be ready instant or be instant in season and out of season. I looked up the word instant and it means happening or coming immediately. Immediately. You've got to be ready immediately. And the second meaning of the word means a very short space of time or moment. Your opportunity might only have a very small window in it. Be ready when the opportunity arises. Respond immediately. You have to respond immediately or in a short space of time. That's what he's saying here. If you don't respond, sometimes you have to respond immediately or in a short space of time. Because if you don't, you'll begin to reason. You'll begin to give reasons why I can't do it. Excuses. We'll give excuses if we don't respond immediately, right? Remember, if nothing else, if you don't remember anything else that I've said today, remember this. You work for God. You work for God. 
He doesn't work for us. He does do a lot of things for us just out of love because he loves us. But you work for God. And think about this. He thinks you're good enough. He's called you into this ministry. He wants to use you. He might start off using you. Maybe it's baby steps. Maybe it's small things that you're able to do right now. Maybe he can work that. He, he can work that into something bigger if you're willing. But realize today that you work for God. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Just like me getting up here and preaching today. I had to realize it doesn't matter who's watching this thing or what they think about it. It only matters what he thinks about it. Because I preach for him. I don't preach to come here and preach to the people. I preach because God's put this calling on my life. I preach for him. If you would today, would you, would you ask God today, what am I able to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? What did you call me out here for? What is it that you want me to do on this day? Even though you're quarantining your house, you can do something for God on this day. I know you're spending time on that social media. You got Facebook. We're doing, we're doing uh, FaceTiming and, and all the things that people do, the Zoom meetings and everything. There's ways to still, still deal with people. There's ways to still talk. Maybe they're in your own household. What are you able to do today? Ask God. Ask God what you're able to do. Ask God what he wants you to do. Ask God to open the doors for you. And then be ready to step through it. Be ready to step through it. If you're not ready to be instant, pray about that today. Ask God if there's sin in your life. Get the sin out of your life. Ask God to forgive you of the sin. Repent. That means to turn away from it. Turn away from the sin. Ask God to clean you up. Get ready. Get ready because he expects us to be instant. Right? He expects us to be instant. If we could just go ahead and close in prayer today. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you, Daddy. We just praise your mighty name, Lord. I pray that you would just convict and convince people today, Lord, right now, Father God, that we're all in this ministry together, Father. Lord, that, that they all are to carry out their, their part of the ministry, Lord. Carry their part of the weight, Father God. Lord, to minister to whoever that is that you have in mind for us on this day, Lord, and tomorrow, Lord, and each day, Father. Lord, I pray this to you in Jesus' mighty name, Father. Have your way on this day. Thank you, Daddy, and I praise you, Father God. Coronavirus, if you're around our church, our church members, the people who listen to this podcast or this, this live stream or podcast, I command you to flee right now. You get away from us. You've got no place here. You die. Dry up and blow away in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we thank you for your hedge of protection around our people, Lord, around our church family, Father God. We just love you, Dad, and we praise your mighty name, Father God. Lord, I pray that you will protect us, Dad. Bring us back here until our next appointed time, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, Daddy. Lord, I pray that we continue to, to, to use this time, Father God, when we're quarantined, to, to, to get in our word, Lord, to, to press into you, Father God, to, to, to just uh, train ourselves to, to come closer to you, Daddy. Lord, we pray these things to you in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, grow us spiritually, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That concludes our service for today. We'll be back here Wednesday night at 7, 7.30. At 7, I couldn't remember if we changed the time or it was regular church, regular church time. We'll be back here Wednesday night at 7.30. Come prepared.